head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Welcome, welcome everybody to episode 120 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, joined today by the Maura Higgins of Irish MMA media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about a big enough week of MMA here, Graham, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm just watching my little dog humping a blanket now beside me. He was he was back uh, in there on a uh, Patreon podcast yeah. during the week. Is he all right? Yeah, he's a bit, he's a bit crazy, but uh, yeah, he's he's good crack. What's his name? <laughs> What's his name? Vinny. Vinny. Oh, yeah, Vinny. You told me that before. What's, is he named after anyone specific or is it just... No, just I like human names for dogs and Vinny has a bit of like craziness to it, I suppose, as well. Mm. It just seemed to suit him. Oh, yeah. Sure. Look, any, any, any crack the weekend anyway? Do you know anything exciting or brilliant? No, the Liverpool match is on today, actually. I just, I just remembered there. Um, it's pre-season, though, yeah. It's better than nothing, though, but we're getting there where we'll have the proper football back soon. Yeah, I was about All this African Nations, Copa America, yeah, Women's shite. World Cup, all this stuff. Just yeah. No, no interest watching it. I was above in Dublin again yesterday, watching a bit of hurling. Unfortunately, my, my beloved Limerick lost. Did they, yeah? Uh, what, what happened to all this talk of... Domination. Yeah, it was. We were just really bad. We were just really, bad. and as well, the, we lost by one point, right? The last puck of the game, Limerick took a sideline, and the Kilkenny player blocked it, right? And it went out uh, for a sixty-five, and the referee never gave it. He just gave a wide, and then he they poked it out and blew the final whistle. If Limerick had got that sixty-five and put it over, it would have been a draw and got the extra time. We probably would have won, like so. A little bit robbed, I suppose, but. <laughs> There's yeah. always there's always something you can point to in a in a yeah, match. Yeah, but that was pretty. It, like it just shows as well. Actually, if you watch it on RT, the coverage I didn't watch it. I was obviously above the match. Like came home, they didn't show a replay until like eight minutes later after a break and everything. Imagine like if that happened in a Champions League final or you know a semi final. It's a semi final of the All Ireland. Like imagine if that happened. The last game, last uh, play of the game, there was like a handball for a penalty that would have drawn the game, brought it to extra time, and they didn't even show a replay of it. Like until like eight minutes later. Absolutely, yeah, madness. pretty terrible. Like in yeah. fairness, like just like even for just for everybody's entertainment, everybody wants to see the replay, watching and mm-hmm. just give the people what they want. Like the, you're not going to be able to. You're just going to piss people off more uh, by not showing it. People think God's oh, conspiracy and stuff. It's probably just some potato headed RT. Yeah, probably is in fairness, but. Uh, let's get into the MMA anyway, I suppose we've enough fucking disappointment for that. It's a long time since I've had disappointment, because we've won every trophy. What about, Man United? What about Manchester United? They're not yeah, a, a but... part of disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> it's different, though. It's different. It's... Uh, once they get Longstaff in, it'll be all sort of... <laughs> 50 million. 50 million for uh, Sean Longstaff. Bargain. Bargain. Jesus, Ed Woodward must be the dumbest man alive. Like, how... How could he not just sign these players? Like, he must have loads of money. Just sign them. He can't even get rid of Lukaku. Oh god! What do you think oh, of the guy, the Haya getting this like massive contract and all this money when he's been absolutely terrible for the last year? Ah, uh, he hasn't been terrible for the last year. He's terrible he's the World for, like... Cup for Spain, where he knocked them out. Ah, but he was good for Man United, didn't for like. Eight oh, I months. don't know. It was like, wasn't there like in five games he he uh, more unforced errors than in four seasons before that or something? Uh, yeah, it was some ridiculous like that. That was the end of the season. Every time the Haya comes towards the end of his contract, he just like loses the head, and it it, it happens every time. Oh, I don't know. Was he really, was he, like, I know, like, you can't be expected to pull you out of the fire every time, but 
for seasons gone by, he was making these ridiculous saves, getting points, getting three points. And then last season, I can't remember him doing that. And then he made these he made these terrible mistakes against like City and like loads of shots straight at him where you just let them through him, which is like his bread and butter, really, like shot stopping. Yeah, I don't think we'd be able to get anyone better anyway, so I'm, <laughs> I'm happy enough to hold on to him, to be honest. We're, but United are so bad at signing players now that if we have a good player, yeah, we just need to hold You wouldn't risk him yeah. bringing in some fucking, I yeah. don't know. Even even Pogba, who I I don't really like, I just I'd almost rather uh, hold on to keep him. him just so yeah, because we we couldn't replace him. But it's anyway. a bad luck as well losing him. I think yeah, when they is. want to keep him, he maybe he wants to leave, but it's kind of show of strength keeping him. But I don't know. I think like Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is definitely not the man for the job. But Pogba could be really good for us in the future. But we probably should talk about MMA. Yeah, we probably should talk. about We must do a soccer podcast. What is it? Two weeks until the season starts, so we'll definitely do one like the the week yeah, after. Yeah, once the transfer window slams short, we'll have we'll have more idea of the, uh, the that's squad. Only, yeah, that's only a day before the season, so we might we might go into like the the first week of the season. But sure, we, yeah, we'll see what happens anyway. All right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about this UFC card from last night, and you know. I, People, I seem to have gotten this reputation for being like a Frankie Edgar hater and a Frankie Edgar basher. Yeah, and damn right. If I've kind of fled up to it a little bit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, like it's 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 kind of where like if people are going over the top one way, you kind of got to like you if you're follow just them, neutral, yeah. you kind of you kind of got to go a little bit the other way in order to kind of bring bring it yeah, to the middle sometimes. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> it is true. So, like, even watching last night, watching the kind of the scores coming through, and I was actually. I wasn't well, looking. Did at, you give any rounds to Frankie? Did you? I gave him the fourth, but it was mm, really. I gave him the fourth, but I was I was looking at the round. I was like, "This Frankie round, this is Frankie's round, this is Frankie's round." Then with like thirty seconds to go, Max landed a good few shots and one that kind of hurt him. It hit him kind of on the nose, and I think it was in the next round that kind of that nose got bloodied up. But I think that was kind of the start of it. And I was like, "It wasn't enough by Max there," because Frankie was definitely winning that round for three minutes of it three and a half minutes of it maybe even more and Max came back it was very close though it was was very like nothing really happening like a lot of blocked missed punches Mm -hmm. nobody really getting off nice work and then Holloway got off some clean work as you mentioned there was like three big shots though from Frankie right hand was was that the round (laughs) did he not stuff like two takedowns in that round as well Um, possibly yeah uh, he, like he stuffed Akron's all night apart from that one which uh, I suppose yeah we, he did nothing with it at the end of the round yeah. like and Holloway got back up mm-hmm. how overall like how did you see the fight do you think it was a good fight yeah well it was kind of what you expected really like yeah. um, I think my bet was one of my bets was um, that I, we put up yeah. yeah it was a decision so like that was kind of how we were going to look like Frankie was kind of on his bike hitting arms in air and the odd the odd decent shot shooting for takedowns probably not really getting them um, yeah it kind of looked like we thought it would look but maybe I thought Holloway would put on a little bit more pressure at times mm-hmm. and would overwhelm Frankie a bit more yeah I saw a few people saying that actually like did Max Holloway do it could he have finished him like I saw one or two people saying was he kind of feeling a bit sorry for Frankie Edgar and that that's I, I probably he wasn't like but I don't, I don't think so <laughs> it, was, it seemed to be like it, it was a bit of an odd fight I, I'm my my uh my rating for it is a five he wasn't nearly finished him like he not nearly finished him but he rocked him hard like yeah. and went for the finish and got taken down the one time he did get taken down temporarily it wasn't as if he like was rocking him or had had opportunities clear opportunities to finish him and didn't take them it was maybe after that he was like oh I got too aggressive there I got taken down mm-hmm. let me be more patient but I don't think he was like going easy on him or feeling sorry for him or anything like that yeah I, I'm 
I'm giving it a 5.8 because it was one of those fights that was not very competitive, but very, very good at the same time. Good, like, good technical work. Everything, there wasn't bad that anything to happen there, but I always, you know, Chael Sonnen doesn't say too much we should listen to, but <laughs> the, the one thing he says is, it's it sounds weird, but I think it's right. It's one of those things that, like, if you don't, if you stop trying to win, I'll stop trying to hurt you. <clears throat> and it feels like there was a little bit of that there. From well, that's a kind of, yeah, that that does happen. That like mm-hmm. happens even in kind of soccer and other other sports yeah. where it's kind of like okay, you've you've won this. Let's just let's just not make this brutal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think that does happen where like if it, for example, if the guy's like not really like if he's happy enough just to lose a decision, you're like happy enough just to win the decision. It's it's just kind of makes sense for your career mm-hmm. not to risk anything. Yeah, and like <clears throat> it was one of those fights where from the very start. It was just, it was. I wouldn't say utter domination, but definitely, definite domination. You know, as we mentioned, you know, we're kind of coming down on one side of the Frankie Edgar argument because the other side is so insane and so, you know, maybe <clears throat> incorrect is is a tough word to say, but it's just. I think it's well placed these opinions and stuff of, of Frankie Edgar, and I think he's like a really. It's good because guy. people really like him. They yeah. can kind of get behind him. They can mm-hmm. see a bit of themselves maybe in him, or it's just a nice. It's a nice story, like, and he's a, definitely a warrior. Like he can, like even when he was rocked there, you know, he keeps coming forward yeah. and takes Holloway down, and like people remember back to the Grey Maynard, like those that, that first fight especially, but the second fight was pretty much nearly a carbon copy. Maybe not quite as ba- as much uh, heart shown by Frankie, but mm-hmm. people love that. Like, and people remember that. And uh, emotions cloud uh, perspective. Like they 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 make you see things differently. Yeah, and I think I think that's one th- thing I kind of take out of Frankie Edgarfights because I don't really have that much that much emotion towards him. And the people who have that emotion towards him think I'm an absolute hater because, <laughs> because of that. Like, if you look at the first round here, I saw a lot yeah, of people... Yeah, well, like, well I, like, I used to get so much stick for, like, the whole uh, give uh, Frankie to, to Connor when, like, he was yeah. just in the UFC a couple of fights in or even before that and just cut all the nonsense, basically. Like, mm-hmm. people are like, oh, you're ridiculous. Like, you know, people, like, think you're you're either trolling or you're insane mm-hmm. because they, they, like, it's... It's a... Uh, it's good for Frankie, like you know, he's he, if if he wasn't, maybe if he didn't have these grey mannered fights, he wouldn't be getting this title shot that he just got, or he wouldn't, yeah, he wouldn't be the kind of the kind of star he is just for being hit in the face a lot and not falling down like it's kind of a certain well. Yeah, and that's a fight. <laughs> he he wasn't he, like Frank Edgar was a top class fighter before. You know, he that first BJ Pin fight was obviously very close, and the second fight he kind of yeah, blew no, him I, away. I, I, like, yeah, I have to go watch that again. Like, but I'm pretty sure BJ Pen won that fight pretty. Yeah, but but still, he, he beat him clearly the the second time. Anyway, second time, yeah. Benson Henderson he had a few good fights with him. You know, he beat Kremenard again and stuff. So for the time there, he was up there as one of the best lightweights in the world, no doubt about it. You know, he was yeah he, for the last seven years he's been. You know, like you see him go in there against somebody like Cubs once in a couple of years ago and just wreck him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he's when he comes up against a non-upper echelon guy, he's he's brilliant. But it's just that step up. Yeah. Like a few, a few years ago, yeah, he was the, the champion of lightweight, and um, people were probably thinking his fans were probably thinking, oh, he can win the the forty-five belt and the thirty-five belt. But yeah. uh, <laughs> there's a lot of good guys in those divisions, and a, a lot of guys with a improving all the time and, and new blood coming in and Frankie I don't I don't think he's plateaued like he's probably still improving a little bit but the people around him have been improving mm-hmm. much more fast than he has like for example Holloway yeah. the younger the younger breed of fighters that it's just um 
it's just it, like you know frankie's been in there for i don't know how many hours in the cage like seven hours. hours he's passed yeah. seven hours this week or this fight. It's a lot. that's a lot of even if you're winning those fights you're, it's a lot of damage you're taking it's it's probably with frankie Edgar, you never really know but it's probably his, his last chance at a title shot and i think he in the post-fight interview kind of was more emotional nearly than he would he usually would because he probably knows that mm-hmm. like the, the thing about it as well for frank Edgar is he is consistently as i said for the last seven years he's probably the fourth or fifth best uh, uh fighter in the world at 145 pounds and there's nothing wrong with that like but he is a bit of an arsenal isn't he he like He's he's never beaten those top guys. He's never getting in there. He's never winning that title again. And I think, you know, people people have been in denial about that for a while. But for the last two or three years, it's been undoubted. Like I, I don't think there's any. Well, it doesn't make anything can happen. Like you know, if he was yeah. fighting Holloway there, and you know, Something. he kicks Holloway in the leg or whatever, and leg damage or you know, so many things, so many things can happen. But when you're when you're when your chances of winning are, uh, yes, happen. Mm-hmm. It's not really. It's not really a great chance, but yeah. we've seen crazier things in MMA. We have. And I suppose, that, you know, the fight last night to kind of maybe run through it a little bit. The, the first round was, a, you know, it was that round where it was close in that Frank Yeager landed some shots and he landed lovely leg kicks and people gave him the round when it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Like two, I think two judges gave him the round as well, which I have, I have no One idea. One judge had a 48-47. Yeah, right? that was, that was pretty madness you know that the first round was not it, it was close but it was clear you know max holloway won that round are, are, are edgar fans claiming i haven't really looked on social media are edgar fans claiming he won the fight like no no, no i don't think so but they're claiming in you know 48 47 which is is big mad like that is big mad like there's no way he won that first round hit those uppercuts that max holloway were landing were, were snapping his head back yeah like, clean mm-hmm. like frank Edgar was you said some nice leg kicks and stuff and the odd punch but a lot of them are like blocked or off the shoulder or off the hands or the arms or just missing completely and he is active and it is hard to kind of see what's going on at, at, at a pace that you know he's put on historically and that lighter guys can put on mm-hmm. and maybe the judges had a bad view of some things that happened from where they were sitting and stuff so like <sighs> I just, hard. I just, it's hard. The clean to work, like one, it's yeah. hard to miss. Like if there was one big punch from Holloway, like snapping the head back, maybe you could say, oh, maybe they missed it. But uh, yeah, I think that was a pretty clear round for for Holloway, to be honest with myself. Yeah, and the, the second and third in, I think Frankie did definitely improve. He his volume was uh, getting upped and upped all the time. Which, if you're Frank Edgar, that's what you need because you don't really have that big concussive knockout power like a uh, Max Holloway and stuff like that. Uh, and he did improve, but Max. It, it left openings for Max. He was landing those uppercuts more, and he was landing maybe five or six big shots per round, which were really, really hurting Frankie Edgar. And especially in the third, you know, when Frankie got that late takedown after Max Holloway had landed six or seven big, big shots. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about Joe Rogan's commentary in, in soon in a second. But, uh, you know, there's no way... <laughs> um, Frankie won that round with a takedown do nothing after those big shots the fourth yeah. the fourth was that round where Max didn't really land those four five six big big shots he landed maybe two or three towards the end and Frankie landed his own that's why I kind of gave it him was close but the fifth was probably maybe the clearest round like if you look at that fifth round it was kind of a, a culmination of the whole fight maybe you know the, the jab uh, that I, uh, you know, the jab kind of came into it in the second round more than anything else. Uh, and then, as I said, the uppercuts in the first round, that left hook as well was beautiful throughout the fight. And he started doing them all in the fifth round. You know, Max Holloway's cardio is, is unbelievably good. You know, there was a video of him kind of coming into the arena before and he looked a bit sick and he looked like he was limping and stuff. And, you know, in the fight, he, he looked good. He looked unbelievably good. But I don't know, was he as, 
the Max Holloway of old. Was he as sharp? Or I don't think he yeah. was, but he was still really, really good and, you know, took Frank Edgar apart and it was a, it was a fantastic uh, performance. Maybe the weight cut was a bit hard because mm. of changing weight classes before and just um, getting older as well, I think makes the, the cut to 45 harder for guys that are as big as Holloway. So maybe it was nerves as well because he's coming off losing. It could be a number of things, but... He he had more than enough to, to 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 get the job done, and I think people read too much into those kind of like you always talked about the the Jose Aldo thing. Like people were like losing their their shit, saying, "Oh, he looks terrified." It's like mm-hmm. he does he does pretty much the same thing all his fights that he's won over the years. So I wouldn't I wouldn't put too much stock into that kind of thing. I don't know, it could have been anything. Like it could have been just him being forced to stand in front of a camera and, and walk on cue with a big light in front of him and he's sweating and so he just he didn't look good in that video. And in DC he posted another one's like, oh he's not limping. He doesn't look and he looked bad in that one as well. So I don't know what maybe he was playing up to it a bit or or whatever. But uh, he definitely didn't look good. I wouldn't be. Su- I didn't see the post for an interview. I went to, to sleep because I was traveling for like ninety four hours yesterday. But I wouldn't be surprised if if it came out that he was sick or he was carrying an injury or something going into that fight. Uh, but in the fight he didn't really show much signs of it to be honest but you know that was kind of a fight that you could carry an injury through you know you it was it, this whole event really was kind of the event that we called not a particularly good event and with two main fights and we'll get to the co-main event soon that weren't you know particularly competitive but um a couple of last things on on max holloway before we move on you see the best featherweight of all time it's a, it's a tough one like i think whoever's at the top of the game at the time is the best because of how quickly the the sport evolves. Like I can see arguments for Jose Aldo and for Connor and for other people, but like they haven't fought um, or they haven't won, they haven't had the streak that Holloway, okay, he lost to Justin Poirier, but that's at a different weight class. He's had a serious streak uh, since the McGregor fight. So uh, you'd have to say Holloway, I think at the moment, I think, I think it's, it's, it's not clear cut at all, but mm-hmm. you probably have to give the nod to Holloway. Yeah, you know, this might be actually worth a Patreon podcast to go through all the records and all <laughs> to, to talk about it, so we might do that. But yeah, to it me, depends what you say the best. Yeah. Like, it, it depends on what your criteria, what the criteria is. Like, like if you look at skill set, like, Max Holloway now probably has the best skill set all around, but McGregor in his prime really? was unbelievably yeah. good as well. Aldo in his prime was unbelievably good, but it was a little bit before the other two, so it's... It's more simple. Or yeah, and yeah. Aldo definitely had the best record of championship fights and everything like that, so I would still put Aldo just ahead, but I think Holloway is very, very close. And it's funny, like, I put Aldo, Holloway, and Din McGregor, but Din McGregor has beaten both of them, and Aldo has lost to both of them, and obviously Max is one and one because yeah, of that. Yeah, beat both of them handily as well. So it's, it's weird. The record Dominated, dominated yeah. both of them, really. Like. Yeah, well, what was it, 13 seconds <laughs> for one yeah. of them? So, yeah, it was. It was <laughs> when you're knocked out cold, like, it's pretty dominant. Yeah. Yeah, so he always kind of has that over him, I suppose. But the the longevity has to be taken into it as well. But it's yeah, it all depends on. It's like that thing, a world class, or it's depend- mm-hmm. who's the greatest of all time. It's all depends on what criteria you yeah. you think weighs more than or means more. Yeah, definitely. Um, I suppose as well. You know, we, oh, I've talked for months and probably years about this featherweight. Yeah, division. you never shut up. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> About this featherweight division moving on. And, you know, we had Holloway fought Aldo twice. And then, okay, we had that Ortega fight. Brilliant. We really, really wanted it. And then we had 
Holloway moving to 155 pounds and holding that division up again. You know, with McGregor holding up that division, going to 155 pounds and then saying he was coming back to 145 pounds and not coming back. And then Aldo got the title again. I know we come here now and we Frank Ed, we're going back to this title uh, title fight that we had twice between uh, you know uh, Frank Edgar and Jose Aldo. He lost twice, obviously, and now he's lost three times at at that division. So. That you know, if you have a title challenger like Frank Edgar who loses three times, right, and then you have a title challenger like Jose Aldo who was the champion for ages who loses twice, like that's five title shots right there that are kind of, and it's uh, this will sound wrong, but denied to new people, and then you know most of those title shots were were you know weren't denied to him. Most of those title shots, especially the the Aldo one, the first one, and the the first, uh, at least the first Frankie Edgar one, and the second Aldo one as well, because Frankie was supposed to, to get it, and he was he was injured or whatever. Like, that's, oh, but all those things kind of hold up the division a little bit more, and stop the new challengers coming up from getting title fights and all, but all of that is out of the way now. This whole Frank Edgar thing is gone, he's not, he just can't get another title shot now. Let him win five, well, if he wins well. five fights, if he wins five fights, fair enough, give him a title shot. Jose Aldo, he'll need he could to win. win four or five fights, like, you know, yeah, if you give him, like, the, the guys that aren't the upper echelon guys, like, you'd probably mm. pick him. And, you so. know, if he does, he deserves a title shot. If he wins five fights, he deserves a title shot. But, you know, you can't beat Cub Swanson and, and get another title shot. Like, that just can't happen. Even though he deserves it, you'll still rant about it as well. I, no, if he, if, he wins, <laughs> if he wins four or five fights, I won't. You know, if, if he goes out and earns a shot. But now it's What if he time. wins, like, four, <clears throat> four or five fights like Chad Mendes, where, like, Chad Mendes was given, like, all these easy matchups to kind of build him up? Do you remember? Yeah. It'll be all right, because at least we'll get a few fights. Like, now, now is the time. Like, now is the time for this new featherweight division. We have Zabit. We have Volkanovski coming up next. Could be over in Australia. You know, we have all these guys coming through. Even a Ryan Hall. Like, I love Ryan Hall's uh, style. You know, there's, yeah. there's loads of Huge guys. Huge win from there. He's really, like, you know, people kind of forgot about him a bit because he fights a bit. Like, there was a bit of, like, talk around him after the ultimate fight. It was, a, it was, um, it, it was kind of a new, a new, new style to it. Or even just a higher level of of the mm-hmm. of the of it, and people are interested. And then he just kind of didn't fight that much, or injuries, or just people kind of forgot about him. But he like he's so dangerous for anybody. Like he could beat anybody. You make one mistake and end up on the ground with him. I know he's like you know he can have somebody's back and not finish him. We saw that in his last fight or whatever. But mm-hmm. we saw that against Artem. But he's so dangerous and could beat anybody. So like there, there's so many dangerous guys in the division as you're mentioning. Yeah, and then you. Yeah, you Rodriguez as well. He's coming back. He's fighting Jeremy Stevens here in a, in a couple of weeks over in Mexico. Then you have Josh Emmett, who got a huge knockout last week. He looks like a top, top contender <clears throat> as well. All those guys coming through. Calvin Cater got a good uh, win there a couple of weeks ago. Ireland Allen, what's he like 5-0 and now? Just beat Gilbert Melendez. Ryan Hall, I'm looking at the rankings here. I'm that back to Joke. He lost. But look, you look at that top 14 Even there. guys like Amir Kani, like it's Yeah. Deep like five and one or something mm-hmm. in the UFC and like that's a hard style for a lot of people as well like there's loads of really really talented guys in, in these yeah. lower weight class divisions that everybody seems to hate it's it's, <laughs> it's so exciting like like just let me name him again Volkanovski uh, Megamed Sharapov even Chan Sung Jung the Korean zombie who would not like to see him getting a title shot Yair Rodriguez Josh Emmett even Mike Cano I know he lost but he could be coming back in here Arnold Allen uh, Shane Burgos is there as well Ryan Hall oh like over the next two years, I want to see three or four of them getting title shots. And this, this is what the featherweight division needs. It needs this new blood. It needs these exciting fights. And, like, Max Holloway will lose one of those fights. You can mark my words on that. He will be beaten by one of those guys. It will happen. So how exciting is that going to be? Like, this... You know, people... 
think maybe I'm negative on Frank Edgar or not. I'm not negative on that. I'm negative on not letting the positives of this division shine out for years. And now we can do it. Finally, we can do it. Hopefully, Max Holloway can stay fit. Hopefully, his opponents can stay fit to get the fight night. And we can have this great division that's there. Like, it's there. It's right in front of you. All of those challengers are just waiting to fight Max Holloway and waiting to fight each other and just waiting for this division to take off. So I ho- really hope it happens now. I really hope it does. And that Volkan Oxford yeah, and like Holloway is- was talking for years about, or there was talk around Holloway anyway of moving up to 155 and he did that and it went, didn't yeah. go well. So it's probably not going to do that anytime soon. Not, i say he probably will in the future at some stage, but mm-hmm. for these guys coming up, it's, it's, it's good that he lost that fight because if he won that fight, it, it probably would have been held up a lot longer. Yeah. That that is true. That is very true. Yeah. So look, hopefully this division will move on now, and, and we can we can see more of it. But I suppose sticking on the the featherweight division, and moving over to the women, we've Chris Cyborg versus Felicia Spencer last night. I, I, before we haven't talked about this yet, I want to get your take on this fight. What was your take on on this whole fight from the? You know, I, I said we mentioned Joe Rogan earlier, but what was your take uh, on Joe Rogan's com- commentary on this and in the the Max Holloway fight as well? Yeah. Um... Rogan kind of like he's not great at the best of times, but he has these nights where he just picks a fighter and just watches yeah. that fighter and just cheerleads for them. Mm-hmm. It's it's not surprising. I don't even really notice it anymore. Sometimes I don't even hear it. people are like, "Oh, Joe Rogan said this," and I I just I don't know. I was like blocked it out of the, the commentary or something. Mm-hmm. Like I like Joe Rogan as a like I think he's fair play to him and all like, but I don't know. It's just maybe listening for so many years, I don't even hear half the stuff he says anymore for some reason. <laughs> yeah. It's like a mentally blocked blocked out. So, or, or he just says stuff and instead of like being like, oh, that's ridiculous. I'm like, oh, Joe Rogan. Just yeah. forget about it. That, that does happen to me sometimes. But so I, I have the ability to just kind of listen to him but not be taken in by his bullshit just because I've been watching it for so long. And I think the problem is that most people aren't like that. Almost everyone isn't like that, you know, even if they have been watching for a long time. We well, it is like if you're half paying attention to a fight, you're not watching it, like trying to score it. Yeah. And Joe Rogan's like, oh, oh huge yeah. elbow. Ah! And you're like, oh, I must have missed that. Like, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're like, oh, that, like this is a close foot. Like the way Rogan was going, this was like on a knife edge, you know? Yeah. Oh, the cyborg's tired after like fucking four minutes or something. It's like, okay. Yeah, it was like it was uh, an historically bad, you know, uh, display by Rogan. Even before we get to this fight, the that that takedown at the end of the the third round in the Holloway Edgar fight, he says, "Can will the judges be swayed by this?" And okay, he he's gonna backtrack down a yeah, little he bit. Yeah, he's like, if if he lands like lots of pound of pound here, yeah, it's like, what are you talking we've about? We've seen it before. We've seen it before. It's like, yeah, it's like, yeah okay. We've not in rounds like that. Like. <laughs> yeah, not in rounds where there's a guy getting absolutely destroyed. Okay, the, the, you know we we harken back to the the DJ Cejudo fight, of course. But there's there's always going to be bad decisions. But those decisions don't happen that often. And if all three judges scored that third round for uh, for Max Holloway. So, so Rogan, like, and in this fight as well, in the Cyber fight, he's like. During, <laughs> during the second round is she going to be able to keep up this pace for three more rounds and John Anik was like it's a three round <laughs> it's a three round fight John I was like oh yeah oh shit sorry I forgot like what god almighty John Jesus like you think okay like if, we, if we're we, we talk about it on a Sunday and we come back in and you know it's, it's a Saturday night and we turn up to watch the fight and go oh it's, it's a three round fight but this guy's working on the fights he, he did the, the weigh-ins the day before he's doing all the promos for it in the studio and all you think he'd know like you think he'd know 
know if it's a tree or on fire. Not forget, as the graphic is up on the screen and everything like that. Like, it's... I know, okay, that's a small mistake. And, you know, it's... It, okay, it's a big mistake, I suppose. But it's something that, oh, duh, shit, I shouldn't have said that. But I think his commentary throughout the fight was just well, ridiculous. Like, if it wasn't Joe Rogan saying all those things, if it was, like, new guy, whatever... Mm-hmm random american broadcaster from other sports people would be going nuts but yeah. because it's rogan and he's lovable and been around for a long time and he's kind of part of the furniture you know even goldberg like when goldberg was there he'd say those stupidest things you could imagine and he's just literally like the the video game ufc this undisputed is literally like you don't even need goldberg you just play his phrases over and over again mm-hmm. and it sounds exactly like him yeah. and he says the stupid things that are completely wrong um um and people just like them yeah. Because he's part of the furniture, he's part of the he's part of the experience, and I, I think people people be slating Joe Bloggs a lot more for the That's saying true. the same things as Rogan. Yeah. But I think Rogan kind of gets away with it because. Yeah, I, I, I don't think anyone. <laughs> I don't think anyone can let him get away with this fight though, because it was so fast. Like he was, as you said, after four minutes, he said, uh, "Tough cyborg was tired. She looks like Felicia Spencer is putting this pace on her. She's coming strong." There was one stage as well. It's like, and in the second round, it said something like, "Oh, she's coming strong here now, uh, and she's having a good round or something like that." And then they showed us that as he's headed, where she had landed one strike and cyborg had landed twelve, and I was like, "Oh yeah, Joe, yeah, very good." And she, okay, she landed that beautiful elbow as well that cut Chris Cyborg open and that was one thing you know watching the fight that okay if that goes into Chris Cyborg's eyes you know this was a mental block maybe for her after the Amanda Nunes fight you know she got knocked out in that obviously very early she got caught in this fight very early as well but she came through it immediately like she she started fighting back immediately it was rolling down into her eyes uh they, they cleaned it out well during the round the second round was I think she was a bit pig-headed yeah. after though she was trying to like you know swing harder and maybe to yeah to get revenge or something but I, yeah i think once her corner i think her in between round one and two told her to to just stop exchanging yeah. stupidly and just be more smart and then she did and it was a procession for him yeah. <laughs> there was a one stage in the second round for felicia kind of pulled the guard a little bit and almost the thing we always talk about anderson silver the john jones thing where the, the the big name the unstoppable whatever even if you're coming off a loss you have this huge name and it's yeah. people expect more from you mm-hmm. and people will score rounds against you or think rounds are closer or fights are closer than they are just because they expect more from you yeah that, that was exactly what happened here like even you know Felicia was getting smashed in that second round with ground the pound yeah, just imagine exactly the, the opposite like if if Felicia Spencer was doing the exact same thing to Cyborg yeah. people would be like wow she fucking dominated that fight mm-hmm. so unbelievable performance but because of Cyborg people expect him more yeah did, and you remember as well this is fighter a versus fighter b this is not chris Iberg versus felicia spencer that's how fights are scored and that's how they should be called okay maybe they shouldn't be called like that in fairness because you have to say you know if felicia spencer did well like she got three rounds of chris Cyborg. You know, there was no close round. All all three rounds were were easy to score. Thirty twenty seven, obviously. You know, maybe even a ten eight in there in the in the third, but. She did very well, and you okay. You have to call it like that, but call it honestly as well. Like Chris Cyborg was dominating the round; she was winning the fight. You know, I don't think Chris looked actually as good as she has in the past. Um, but it's a good tune-up fight, I think. I think it's a very, very good tune-up fight after coming from the Amanda Nunes last and the last fight of her career or her um, contract as well. She's obviously got kind of. I don't know, is she going to go with Bellator and say that I want this real 145-pound division or is she going to stay with the UFC and get that rematch? And like Dana kind of came out before it and was not shitting on her, but kind of saying, oh, she doesn't want the Nunes rematch and everything like that. And he, he was doing that because if she signs a new contract 
and fights Nunes again, he can say, oh, I'm a genius, I worked that fight out, she didn't want it, but, uh, you know, we, we got a deal done, and I got it done, and if she doesn't, and she goes with Belter, he can say, ah, she didn't want to fight Nunes anyway, why would we even want her? So, Dana White has played this brilliantly, to be honest, even though it's it's cynical, and I don't like it, but from his point of view, he's played it absolutely brilliantly, and Chris Seiberg has played it pretty well as well, because she's no fool, you know, I was on submission radio talking about it, and I think people think Chris Seiberg's a fool, and she's, you know, she's... She, but she's not really. She's not. I think she's smart. She's a tough to go. Yeah. Like, you know, she yeah. she could have been in the UFC earlier for less money and, mm-hmm. like, didn't didn't go. And for years and years and years, like, I don't know how many years people were talking about her as the best and when she's going to be in the UFC and mm-hmm. when she's going to fight Ronda Rousey and all that stuff. And she just wanted to get paid what she thought she was worth. And I don't know what she got paid. Maybe she got paid uh, less than what she thought she was worth, but she probably got paid a lot more than her original offers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like you know, you have to respect that. And ho- you know, I want to see that Nunes fight again. I hope it happens. And uh, look, I ho- ho- hope she signs on again. You know, I want to see Felicia Spencer back as-, as well. You know, she's a very, very tough. Yeah, we were saying like it's like it's just too early for her to yeah. put in there. Like she has a lot of potential. Like mm-hmm. I think maybe Rogan or somebody mentioned it. Maybe at bantamweight or even lower. Um, like uh, if you're going to be at the upper echelon and winning titles, I think. It's gonna it's gonna be hard at that at that division, um, mm-hmm. and at the the thirty five pound division as well because of Amanda Nunes. But uh, Amanda Nunes, the kind of talk for the last couple, of, she's not gonna be around for forever. She's maybe she will, like you know, th- things change or whatever. But she's she's kind of hinted at packing it in soon <laughs> a few times in their retirement. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, you, yeah. You never know. But I, I'd like to see well, women know uh, it's kind of like it's kind of more if they want to like go have a family or yeah, whatever. That's true as well. Yeah. That is true. Uh, yeah, look, Felice as well. I, I, like, I wouldn't mind seeing her fighting like someone like a Holly Holm in a couple of fights or something like that. I think that's a, a winnable fight and get her back into around title contention. Like, I think she's a good fighter. Like, her striking looked better than I thought it would last night. Those elbows were and she's were definitely nice tough and as well. Like, very um, tough. Good, good wrestling. Good jujitsu. Obviously, was fighting against uh, Megan Anderson. You know, it's she's big as well and strong and if she can get down to 135 pounds which i'm sure she can she could be you know she could be trouble for a lot of people there so it's good to see maybe another contender emerging here so it's uh that's that's nice to see anyway as i said chris Eiberg, that, that train will, will roll on as well uh other than that there really wasn't much on this card jeff neil uh finished nico price with uh some ground what, what did you think of that stoppage by my yeah, Dan the, double, the double knockdown mm, as well that was good yeah <laughs> that was good it's always good crack uh yeah it was a touch early i wouldn't be too outraged about it or anything but yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was well timed. I thought the way it was he kind of reacted looked, yeah. looked looked worse than the actual punch that landed. It just maybe was he was trying to spin or something. Move his. I don't know. It just looked strange. But I understand why the ref stopped it at that moment. I wouldn't. Yeah. It, it, straight after it looked like oh, was it too early? But at the, in the moment, it was like guys. You can understand on the replay why why the ref thought he was done. Yeah, definitely. The problem I think with a lot of these stoppages, and I say it with Kevin McDonald all the time, he just gets too close. He almost falls over the fighters, and you know Dan. I don't think Dan is the best referee in the world, but I think Dan is a referee who has improved an awful lot and, you know, has, I think, tried to improve an awful lot and I think he's done a good job of it. But he still kind of panics a little bit. That panic is the toughest thing to get out of referees. And if you have it, I'm, I'm not sure you actually can lose it. You know... And we see guys like Keith Peterson who don't have it, Jason Herzog who doesn't have it, Mark Goddard who doesn't have it. And, you know, they all have their maybe their issues in other places, especially Goddard. But 
you know, Herb Dean has developed that. He he probably always had it a bit, but it's gotten worse. Dar Dan Mergliata has maybe got it out of him a little bit, but he still has a little bit in him as well. But still in this fight, he did that little bit of a panic. He kind of fell over him. Look, it, is, it, is a, it is a tough job. It is a very tough job. There is yeah. some stupid mistakes. Like, uh, you got to call it like it is. But, like, we're not saying this is an easy no, job. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Um, apart from that, you know, Jeff Neal as well, you have to mention, you know, he's a, he's a top prospect coming through there in that welterweight division. There's a lot of them, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what he does next. You know, he's, he's a well-rounded guy as well, and he's we saw him putting a few takedowns with it as well last night. So, you know, him going forward could be could be a, a threat in that division, so I'll keep an eye on him. Um, Armand Saryukin beat uh, uh, Olivier Aubameyang, a very unanimous decision. Not the, you know, not the best fight in the world. Not a kind of push him against the fence, take him down, land a few strikes and stuff, so nothing major there. Uh, Christoph Jacko, you know, a good enough fight. Uh, he yeah, won a split decision. decision. I thought he won the first two rounds pretty clearly. Um, third round, you could probably give to to Mark. Or I don't know how to say his second name properly. Um, yeah. Andre Barrio. Yeah. Barrio. Uh, Viviana Arrujo beats Alexis Davis. Hakim Dawadu got a beautiful uh, knee-to-head kick uh, KO against Yashinori Horie, like Dustin Poirier. Yeah, with a he hurt him to the body and he kind of went mm. down and it's perfect head kick. Yeah, Gavin Tucker back as well then. You know, he was a top prospect for a while in that featherweight division. He could be another guy coming through if he gets these these fights that he kind of wants. Um, you know, he lost to, to Rich Glynn, wasn't it? Yeah, in, in two years ago in his first defeat in his career. And I'm not sure what's happened since then, injuries and stuff like that. But uh, he got a good win there as well. Davidson Figueiredo and Pantoja in the flyweight yeah. fight. Fight of the night. Brilliant. Yeah. I was surprised that um, at how well he uh, Davison did. Like, yeah, it, too, yeah. I I had picked Pantoja to win. I thought he'd win a decision. He's a very tough guy, but you know, it just kind of he's got one loss in his career, uh, Figueredo, and it's it's. I know Joe Joe Benavidez just beat him, but Formiga is a really really good fighter. He's he's so dangerous at jiu-jitsu, but he's improved his striking a lot. So there's no shame in losing there, and maybe he's seen the, the holes they were exposed in his game and your first loss sometimes you come back a better fighter and it looks like he has mm-hmm, 100% uh, and Gillian Robertson then got a win as well she's 4-1 and one in her last 5 so she must be yeah, nice elbows, yeah. yeah she must be close enough to, to getting towards a title shot as well in that um, in that women's flyweight division as there isn't you know re- that many women really there and Valentina Shashinko is going to be fighting in a few weeks time again so it might be good uh, might be good timing for her and she might only be you know one fight away from a title shot there and Eric Koch as well the farmer the farmer Number two featherweight in the world got a got a good win here against uh, Kyle Stewart via unanimous uh, decision. Um, all right, that that's that card overall. <coughs> you know, an average enough card as I said, five point eight. I'm giving for that. Fight. What would you give the the, the main event? Um, a bit lower, maybe five point four. Yeah, that's not a bad one. I, I think in the fives is for a a good fight that's not very competitive I, I think it's around it's there kind so. of what it was. Yeah, when you expect it to go the way it expected like it was, it was there was some good stuff in there like it wasn't a bad fight or anything mm-hmm. but it was pretty much as expected yeah uh, alright let's talk about next week's uh, UFC card this card is going down it's an ESPN card it's going down in Prudential, Prudential Center in Newark <laughs> New Jersey and your boy Kobe Covington is taking on Robbie Lawler the former UFC welterweight champion of the world over five rounds. How do you think he'll go, Graham? Um, I think Covington will probably win using his wrestling, but Robbie Lawler is tough to take down early, especially, um, and has some good power, but uh, I just... I just think Covington's going to be relentless with his with his wrestling and probably, probably win this, but 
you know, he, Robbie Lawler only really loses to top to top guys. Um, the Ben Askren fight, I thought was, you know, uh, he was given a thumbs up, and the ref thought he was tapping or thought he was out, and yeah. you know, uh, I think that probably would have went a lot different if if he had have been allowed. To, he probably would have won that fight if he was allowed to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think uh, I think Covington will win, but. It is a, it is a good test for Covington um, and Lawler Lawler like if 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 Lawler can get Covington um, if he can stay on his feet with Covington and stop Covington's takedowns then he'll he'll probably win pretty handily but I just see Covington once he gets one takedown just grinding and and probably winning a decision. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know the thing about that that Askren fight and you're, if you know if you're looking at that coming into this, I think. Okay, the the fight was obviously stopped prematurely, and Robbie probably would have won if if it wasn't. But you you know you'd never know if if uh, Askren was able to get on top, he'd keep him there. But I think the thing about Colby is Colby is a lot better striking than Ben Askren. I suppose it wouldn't be hard for him not no disrespect to Ben Askren. But Colby's striking isn't that bad. Like he's an okay jab. He can push you against the fence with his striking. He can stay on the feet until he needs to get to the ground. Like he can. He's you know defensive enough, but he can he can strike. He's not the best striker in the world. He's never going to outstrike you know a top fighter he's not gonna outstrike Robbie Lawler over five rounds probably uh but his striking is good enough to get to the ground he's good enough to survive and his wrestling is unbelievably good then but look Robbie Lawler has always had very very good uh wrestling uh defense he's especially you know in in his title reign there uh what was it three or four years ago probably now at this stage so you know, I think over the first couple of rounds, this will be a, a tight, maybe back and forth from, you know, maybe two or three minutes on the feet with Robbie Lawler maybe jabbing him up and landing a couple of shots. And Colby having landing a couple of shots as well to Din Colby getting the takedown maybe near the end of the round. And I think the further that goes and the more takedowns Colby does get, um, the more dominance he will have because it'll be tougher for Robbie to stop those when he gets more tired and stuff like that. So... I think probably a decision win here for Colby Covington. Uh, Robbie could definitely catch him. You know, if he gets enough time on the feet, he could definitely catch him and knock him out or, you know, just overwhelm him over a couple of minutes if, if Colby misses a couple of takedowns. So uh, it's not a foregone conclusion at all. I'm definitely picking Colby. I think he'll win, but I'm looking forward to this fight. It's, uh, you know, Robbie Lawler against wrestlers is always good. And this is the thing in, in the welterweight division as well, isn't it? You know, wrestler versus wrestler mightn't be the best fight in the world because it might turn into a kickboxing match. But when you have a good boxer and good stand-up fighter with good take down the fence against a good wrestler it makes an enjoyable matchup to look forward to doesn't it yeah it does and um like Robbie Lawler has been has a lot of experience and like Cobby Covington's you know he, he he's not young in his career but compared to Robbie Lawler he he, he probably hasn't had the, the anywhere near the the same amount of experience with these long five round fights as well so uh, maybe that could play into it but I, I just think I think probably uh, as I said earlier probably a decision for Covington but as 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 we you mentioned and I mentioned, Robbie Lawler's got some good hands, a lot better hands than than Kobe Covington. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Kobe Covington's a good game planner, and he's good at sticking to what he's good at. And if he does that, he'll prob- probably win a decision. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, you know, it's it's not a bad card ever. I really like that Nazareth Hakparast uh, Joachim Silva who fight. Who have you got between Guida and Miller? Uh, probably Guida. I'd say. Yeah, I probably got Guida as well. I looked oh. at the odds earlier in, the, earlier in the week when I was picking the bets for the the last card, and yeah. Jim Miller's a favourite, and I was surprised at that. Oh really? Yeah, the Guida. You know, I suppose Guida. Who, who did he beat? Was it BJ Penny beating his last yeah. fight? Yeah, Jim Miller. Okay, he got a win against Jason Gonzalez in his last fight as well, yeah, but, but he wasn't looking great there recently at all, yeah. was he? 
Yeah, he's fighting some tough guys like Dan Hooker and mm. Pettis and Poirier, like you know, and there were some close fights in there, Trinaldo as well. But he's definitely they're both definitely not the the fighter they used to be. But I think Guida probably has more energy and <laughs> in him still, and more. It's probably less shop worn, even though he is shop worn as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Look, it might be a good, you know for, uh, come it'd in probably, event. Probably be a decent <clears throat> fight. Like yeah. Jim Miller fights are usually a bit of fun and play Guida usually, but he has had a couple of stinkers. But yeah, uh, it's, it's been the Maynard fight was was it the Maynard fight where he just circled around? Yeah, yeah. There was a couple of fights there. One said, "Well, I think he kind of get out of got out of that too." You know, I, I don't think that lasted too long. But yeah, that was if, if, if he has a game plan, he's good at sticking to it as well. Yeah, you know, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Trevin Giles versus Jared Mershart as well. That should be good. As I mentioned, Silva versus Hackbrass. I really like Hackbrass. I think he's a top prospect there coming through uh, as well. Scott Holtzman is very good. Uh, Dong Hyung Ma. Um, and then the other fight between two lads whose names I can't pronounce who don't have Wikipedia pages Mickey Galden coming back and Tanina Shevchenko coming back as well against Lucy Pudlova she didn't look great in her last fight and Tanina so it'll be interesting to see how she bounces back uh, Danger is on this card as well Matt Schnell Lauren Murphy Barb is back uh, and a few other people as well you know not the best card in the world but a good main event <clears throat> one we look forward to as my voice uh, absolutely goes here and so yeah you know not not too bad um there's a one fc card as well this uh, next weekend coming up um <clears throat> uh, your boys demetrius johnson and eddie alvarez are back in this card do you think it's smart of them just to kind of put them both together on this on these cards and get people in to, to watch the product that we really don't watch that often yeah it probably is like <clears throat> um they don't have that many cards to fill uh, compared to the UFC. Obviously, uh, it's nowhere near the same amount of cards, so they can kind of afford to put all their talent on these cards and just wait a few months for another big card. But um, just people just don't seem like, you know, nobody's talking about it really outside of the the really hardcores. It's just hard to get any kind of hype behind behind 1FC. Just, I don't know why. Maybe it's partly to do with the time zone or I don't know why exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not really marketing towards the the, the English speaking market too well either. Yeah, they're like they're not, and I suppose that the thing about it is like there's so many MMA events right now that it's it's almost impossible to catch everything, even if it's a Demetrius Johnson or even if it's an Eddie Alvarez fighting. It's it's impossible to catch it all, you know, and it's impossible to look up and watch all these fights of all these opponents that they're they're fighting. And you know, we looking at the the kind of um, you know the the upcoming fights and seeing who's coming up and stuff. It's you know most people are not covering these, and I know you know one FC have a, a couple of journalists in their books and stuff. I suppose covering these fights, um, but you know if you if you look at the the kind of the records, I suppose of the guys they're fighting, you know it's it's not not bad. Uh, Dimitri Shanson. Wow. Come on, Ta- but, yeah, but uh, go on. Ten, ten losses, and in his last yeah, four fights, two losses um, against guys that you haven't heard of. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's Demetri- a lot of it. Ex- here, like you know, yeah. <laughs> there's experience there as well. And Demetrius, it's it's a different weight class kind of here as well because of that one FC weight cutting and stuff, and it's like more close to one fucking forty five, I think, than one twenty five. So it's you know, it's tough to know what one FC you're actually doing. What, what about the Eddie Alvarez opponent, uh, Edward Fulayang? How how, how yeah. what's he like? <clears throat> he's coming off a, a triangle or an arm triangle choke loss in the first round to Shinya Aoki at welterweight mm-hmm. and Shinya Aoki's definitely not a, not a welterweight no. and he got knocked out by Martin uh, Inwin yeah Martin Inwin he's, he's fighting for the featherweight title here as well so yeah it's yeah it's, uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't hold out much hope like uh, for him here yeah 
But yeah. I didn't hold out much hope for Eddie Alvarez's last opponent here. So. That's true, that's true. But look, always exciting to see Demetrius Johnson and see how he looks as well. He didn't great the last time, so it'll be interesting to see how, how he looks here and interesting to see that card as well. There was a rising card as well here this morning. We obviously haven't got a chance to watch that yet, but there you go. Um, A couple of topics here as well. BJ Payne is fighting Nick Lintz. What do you think of that? Um, I don't know. I'm always surprised with the matchups they give BJ Penn. Um, yeah, I'm just not too interested in that. In that, <laughs> uh, like it's it's a pity BJ Penn still has to fight, isn't it? It's like why why is this happening? Does he have to fight or he just wants to? He probably wants to, but like why is the why are the UFC giving him fights? Dana White, you know, he said it a couple of weeks ago, like that. Uh, you know that he's but maybe want to because they fights. don't want him to go to Bellator. But God Almighty, just let him go to bed. Is he that big of a draw? Like, no, I don't think no. so. Uh, yeah. No, it's, it's it's sickening, like, that we have this in MMA, that we have lads allowed to continue fighting. Like, the commission should stop him fighting as well. He's too old. He's gone over his stop people, though? Dude, like, Dana White, like, told Tucker Dell he wouldn't give him any more fights and all this stuff. And then, what, 10 years later, he's back in there? Like, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's tough to know what to do, but... You know, the UFC shouldn't want to be part of that, I don't think. I really don't think they should, but... You know, it's it's a tough one. Nick Lintz is probably going to beat him pretty easily as well, which is you know another unfortunate thing. And what do you do with BJ after that? Then do you give him another fight? You you know, is it CM Punk territory after that? Then it's unfortunate. Like because BJ Pin was a legend. Now we just talked about him there earlier on. Uh, I don't think I, it's like CM Punk. Huh? I don't think it's anything like CM Punk. No, no, but, never... we're, but him fighting CM Punk territory. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like, Jesus. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Like, BJ Pin was a champion. Like, he was a double champion. He yeah, was yeah, the first. We'll give, you, we'll give you a win if you promise to retire. Yeah, <laughs> like we'll, give, we'll, we'll give you CM Punk. Yeah, it's sad. It's a sad situation. Um, another thing, in, uh, the Sky Sports deal was announced this week for BT Sports. So if you're in, in Ireland... Um, BT Sports is no longer part of the air package from uh, the 1st of August, so like two days time, and it's now going to be on Sky Sports Extra. Uh, so if you're a non-Sky Sports customer, you can get it for €17 Euro a month for the first six months and then €34 a month thereafter, which is, is yeah. very, very pricey. If you're a Sky Sports customer, you can get it for a tenner for a month for the first six months and then 20 a, a month thereafter. So it's a little bit more expensive. That's reasonable enough, yeah. Like, but uh, yeah. It's it's uh it's all pushing people towards just watching it for free online. <laughs> That's what I always think. Yeah, it yeah it definitely is. Like it's especially MMA fans. Not a lot of MMA fans, you know, support other loads of other sports enough that you'd be signing up for Sky Sports. You know, some of them do, and I think this part of the world is probably more than anywhere else uh, like that. But uh, yeah, it's it's going to alienate some fans, I think, because a lot of people got it free with air broadband and stuff as well. But what can you do that i think that was kind of always short term with the whole air and, and bt sports thing as well and that whole bt sports kind of um you know packages changing and everything like that so it's look that's just the, the situation of it i suppose let, let us know actually people listen to this podcast tweet us at severe and let us know what you're going to do if you're going to sign up uh if you're already a sky sports customer or whatever because it'd be interesting to kind of to see that as well and also while we're here subscribe to us on uh, soundcloud and itunes and leave us a leave us a review if you're on itunes especially leave us a review it's always good there because it gets us up to the the top of the thing so if you're in on soundcloud give us just give us a review say we like the podcast we sean's a dickhead i like graham or whatever you know whatever you like uh and last thing then before we get to a couple of questions john jones again <laughs> john jones again it's like it's the last thing we talk about here uh because it's john jones again just Did getting he, in trouble like, it's just don't even care it's no just, it's and we should care in. like we, we should it's just numb to it now like mm-hmm. 
Like, it's it's madness that every few months, it's just, what's the next thing? And I think Dana White kind of said it there in an interview as well the other day. What's the next thing going to be with John Jones? You know, we're just kind of waiting for him to get his t- title stripped again. We're just waiting. Is there is there any evidence? I don't know. Like maybe, but like people, when John Jones is accused, some people just assume he's done it, which is just shows that <laughs> the low opinion people have of him. Um, you know, it's it's not really related to MMA. Like, are they gonna are they gonna strip him of the title? Probably not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're not. And I I don't think it's bad enough to do that. Uh, and I think it's probably something that probably won't go too far. But why is John Jones in strip clubs? Like, what? Like, why? I think I think oh, I don't know exactly what I was said, but the little bit I read, she said, "Oh, that he he should have to pay a hundred dollars or something." I think that kind of saves him a little bit. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> but yeah. she's like, "Oh, there's a this low price on it, not low price, but for John Jones, it's a, it's a low price." Like, yeah. I don't um, know. It, it, I think that kind of makes it like if it was just. It's hard to it's hard to talk about this because we don't know the evidence. Mm. Like it's all alleged and all that stuff. So maybe it's better we just don't say. Yeah, anything. don't talk about it. But uh, I think the main part is John Jones. Just stop going to fucking strip clubs. You're staying. You've like a fiance and three children. If you want to go for out for a few few points, go out for a few points. But for fuck's sake, straight out of strip clubs. Don't be going up to women as well. Just just stop. Just stop, John. Just stop. Okay. Uh, right. A few questions before we go. Patreon.com forward slash Severe Podcast. We put up a post every uh, Saturday night slash Sunday morning. And we've loads of questions here. I'll answer all the rest of them over on the Q&A this week. You can also send questions at Severe Pod on Twitter and anywhere else you can find us uh, too. Christopher Graham, is Corey Anderson versus John Jones a lock for MSG? Do you see this, John? No. Do you not think so? I don't think it's a lock anyway. Um, did Dana not say, oh, this guy's turned down 50 fights in the last month or something? There's no way he's getting the fight. About who? Corey Anderson? Yeah. Oh, really? I didn't see that. I, t- I thought I saw somebody tweeted on Twitter saying, maybe. Dana said he turned down all these fights and there's no way he's giving him John Jones. All right. Fair enough. He won't, though, I suppose. But uh, he went up I'm to John Jones. Like, who the fuck knows? Yeah, <laughs> it's probably a lock that we give them. Um, Corey Anderson went up to John Jones did some signing yesterday and was like roaring and shouting at him as well. And John Jones has been going back and forth with him on Twitter. So. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe it will happen, but there's no real obvious contender, and yeah. if you're going out there, kind of trying to make it happen, fair play to you. One hundred percent, like Romelu Lukaku going over taking selfies with his uh, agent, fair play to him. Um, <laughs> should Frank Edgar <laughs> drop down to bantamweight? I, I think Frank Edgar <laughs> should retire. Like this is this is the time now. This is really the time. It's seven years since he won a title. He's a legend of the sport, a Hall of Famer, an ex-champion. Frank Edgar has nothing left to prove. He's no need to go down to bantamweight. He's no need to fight anymore. Last night, he was outclassed by a better fighter, and it's not going to get any better. I'm sorry. It was great for Frank Edgar seven or eight years ago. He was brilliant. It's been great for most of the last seven or eight years, being a top four, top five fighter in the world. But it's not anymore. Bantamweight, like when you've never been down there before yeah. at, at, at his age, starting to do that weight cut. Like, it looks slower as well last your body. Like, mm. yeah. He'll probably have a few more a few more fights. Like, there's very little chance of him retiring now, I think. Um, uh, we always, we do like a broken record talking about guys that may never, ever retire at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it is true. Um, Sean Dini here has a couple of questions. I'll answer them all on the the podcast uh, or on the Q and A. But um, which, which one will I go for? Uh, how would you see Holloway versus Edgar two going? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably another unit. I don't know if that's a lot to do with third. Yeah, and Ian O'Neill, Brendan Lachlan signed for PFL. Good move for him. Yeah, what did you think of that? I was surprised. Yeah, I was surprised as well. Um, 
I'm surprised like maybe he doesn't want to go to Bellator because you get locked in. Yeah. Maybe he still wants to go to the UFC or I don't know. It's a oh, very. I just wish you would get into the UFC. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Like, and just Dana, Dana White seems like he won't sign. Like straight away after that, he's like, "Oh, he will be in the UFC one day. Uh, wow. He just needs to win a few fights or whatever." Uh, as your dog roars and shouts. Uh, but after that, then because people got on Dana White's back so much, it's like Dana's like, "Oh, fuck you! I was right. Fuck you. We'll see if I was wrong. We'll fucking see." And now it's like he'll never it sign him. More into his position. Yeah, yeah. it does. Yeah, solidifies his stupid position. Yeah, and someone said that at the time, and I was like, "Ah, what are you talking about?" But it turns out they were right. You know, <laughs> so like it's, uh, it's you know he's not going to, and you know that that lightweight uh, thing in in uh, in PFL, he could go in there and win a million dollars pretty easily. I don't think there's that much talent in that. Uh, well, depending on who they sign and stuff, but uh, maybe it's good for him spend a year there, win that million quid, and then then go to the UFC if that's possible. You know, maybe maybe that's uh, maybe that's gonna happen. But uh, yeah, and look, I think it is a good move for him. I think it is a good move for him. Let's be honest here. All right, that's it. Well, if he makes the money, if yeah, if if, mm-hmm. if he has a chance, you won't get a chance of making that money anywhere else, uh, even in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, like no offense to Brendan Lockdown, like he's not this huge star that's gonna make that kind of money even if he is in the UFC. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is I can see why he signed there. I just wish he got his chance in the UFC because he, like, I haven't talked to him about it, but you can see that he desperately wants his, his another chance in the UFC mm-hmm. and deserves it. And deserves it definitely does deserve it. All right, that's it, everybody. Thanks very much for listening. Anything to say, Graham? Before we go, um, now we're gonna enjoy the little bit of sun and. Maybe watch the Champions of Europe as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be shouting for Wexford here to, to be Tipperary all day today. So, yeah, that's it. All right, everybody. Thanks very much for listening. All that's left to do is the inspirational quote of the week. Life is either a daring adventure or nothing at all. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Sunday or Monday. Or Saturday.